welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to the Real People, Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As today's episode is all about thriving in your walk with the Lord. My guest today is an entrepreneur, pastor, father, and church strategist whose mission is to see and help as many people as possible to love God, love people, and to make a difference. Welcome to the show, Pastor Shedrick Hurd. What's up? What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to be here, bro. Thanks for the opportunity um, to share this on this morning or whenever anybody is listening um, to what God has and what he will share with us today. Most definitely. And this is family here on my wife's side. And we did a revival together back in, I think it was 2015 in Memphis. You Ooh, remember that? We was young. <laughs> so, I've grown so much. I've grown so much since then. <laughs> As we all should. I mean, there's, there's progress. So I'm thrilled about that conversation. Um, they were about to have and but let's get to the topic at hand and this is started off at the top with what made you like want to start a church and become a pastor one thing about i guess church planning for me um was the burden um to see my generation um love a god that i love um and it may not look like my granddad's way my grandma's way um as you know growing up traditional um kojic family um granddad's a pastor aunties everybody's participating in church you know how it goes oh, yeah. and so church church family you know this is what we do is church but growing up man i didn't see a lot of us thriving in the church um we we went because we had to go um but it was never a a drive to, I guess, want to be there. And I felt like um, God had given me a burden to um, create a space, um, a community for believers that were looking like me, that dress like me, that um, act like me, that want to have fun, but still love God. And uh, we created a community. I had a burden to create a community where we could thrive in church, love God, um, have fun, Still come in in J's and jeans. You know how I'm a rocket. Oh, yeah. um, if you want to wear your fitted cap, you cool, man. You don't have to take off a hat. It's not going to do nothing spooky to you because you got on pants. All right. <laughs> I wanted you to be able to be free and uh, feel the love that Jesus gives to us all, man. And know that if he can save me, he can definitely save you um, because I'm no different than you are. We all have our proclivities. We all have our different issues. But I felt like, man, they needed somebody, people in my generation needed somebody to relate to, um, to get that message across in love. And so they could once again, um, give their life to Christ and return their love to somebody else. I love that so much because God is so good, so faithful, so sovereign. They, he uses different people in different ways and different generations, but all for the same cause of getting people to know him. So pastor, you're answering God's call in your life, but how can others do the same. Well, um, this is something I just recently, actually Sunday morning, we just taught on this um, because we're in a series on the life of Jesus, the man, the mission and the miracles. Um, we're talking about the man, who he was as a person, you know, because he was human. He was all God and all man at the same time. But then he came for a particular mission and his mission and your mission. We must understand our missions. And so with, with, how can you discover your purpose? 
You must understand your mission. And your mission ultimately is this one word, your why. You have to know why you want to do this. And I was just teaching on this Sunday and it's, and it's still fresh right now because I'm like, man, I want to help as many people discover why they were born. Yeah. Not just to live a life of salvation. I, yes, I want you to be saved. Amen. Get saved, know Jesus, but discover why he put you here exactly. because there's no need for you just being spooky and deep and spiritual and you not know why you were born. And the day that you learned why you were born, that's when your life will begin to come alive. And on Sunday, um, I, I gave these um these little principles and I, I'll share them here. Yeah. And so um, you got to find out what drives you. And I was talking about that word earlier. What is your burden? What do you want to see people um, come into the knowledge of? Where do you want to help? What's your demographic? What's your um what what's the thing that God has put on the inside of you that pushes you to be um better and to want to make people better in this area? That's probably where your purpose lies. What drives you? Once you find out what drives you, you also need to find out what energizes you. What makes you come alive? What makes you um want to get up in the morning? Like what 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 makes you what makes your heart just get to pumping and what brings juices flowing? And, and joy just overflowing in your spirit and you've probably found purpose in that way um, also you want to find out what you are willing to sacrifice for because once you find what you're willing to sacrifice for you usually find what your purpose to do what you're you what what when i say sacrifice what are you willing to give up what what burdens you so much that you're willing to give up certain relationships friendships, maybe a job, maybe some security, maybe some comfort. What are you willing to give up in those situations? And then you may find purpose in that. And then you want to find out how you want to help. You want to find out how you want to help and not just find out how you want to help. You want to find out who you want to help. And then you can walk fully in purpose, I believe. Pass over here preaching already, y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> man, I, I agree with what you said, man. Answering God's call um, and walking in purpose is it's crucial to the life of the believer because I believe there is a deep level of peace, of joy, and a deep level of contentment and satisfaction that's only unlocked when we're walking in purpose. And Absolutely. it's only unlocked as we're answering God's call in our lives. And so just to add to what Pastor's already said, I just want to encourage my dear listener to walk in obedience and to do all that God has called you to do and to answer your why and to walk in purpose and to know your mission so you can have that peace, have that joy, have that contentment and have that satisfaction. For sure. For sure, man. It definitely brings like, like that just resonated with me, man. It definitely brings a certain level of peace when you're walking in purpose. Come on. Um, and not just walking after ambition. <laughs> because some of us get caught up in ambition and passion and we forget um, that this may not be the purpose in, in which God has called me to do this. Um, and you sometimes you can get caught up in ambition. Oh, I, I know how to sing. And so maybe I'm supposed to be a singer, but maybe God didn't call you ultimately to become a singer. Maybe he used that as a tool to get you on a certain platform, mm. to put you in a certain place so that you can walk in the purpose that he's always intended for your life. Yeah. And Pastor, from your perspective, as you're talking about walking in purpose and we're talking about answering God's call, I think all that boils down to our relationship with the Lord. And so what are some keys to a stronger relationship with God? Prayer. 
Come on. <laughs> prayer. Prayer. And that's a it's and it's a it's a foreign art in our generation, I believe, that mm. that that the older generation had. And I try to teach even with my my millennials and even I got older people. And so it's like, I know y'all know Jesus. And so we have to pass down this this yeah. teaching on prayer, how to pray. We did a series on prayer uh, called Seek just a few months ago, because I want everybody to know that you don't just get here. You don't just get um, songs. I mean, if you're a psalmist and you feel like you want to write songs, you don't just get those. You don't just get sermons off the Internet. You right. don't just feel these different um, spaces in the kingdom without prayer. Come on. Prayer, not telling them this, prayer should always be a first response, never a last resort. You have to put prayer at the forefront of your life, in the forefront of your ministry, in the forefront of your business, in the forefront of your ideas, in the forefront of anything that you want to accomplish in life. You got to put prayer in there. And in prayer, honestly, in prayer is where you will find your why. <laughs> I think in prayer, you will ultimately find purpose because God will begin to reveal those things to you through prayer because it's a conversation. And, and, and prayer is not spooky to a new believer, maybe listening. Prayer is not a spooky thing. Hey, if you just want to talk to God, talk to him how you talk to him. You ain't got to have no formal thou and thee and art thou and holy God and, and trying to make your voice sound a special way. Just talk to him. Hey, God, I'm dealing with something today. Hey, <laughs> hey, I, I I don't know. I don't know how to properly articulate it, but God, just listen to me today. I'm, I'm dealing with some tough stuff. Can you help me? Reveal to me my purpose. Reveal to me why I'm here. Reveal to me who I'm supposed to be called to. Reveal to me what I'm supposed to be doing. Reveal to me my next move. Lord, I need you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so um, prayer is so vital. Prayer, 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 prayer. I, I, I want to push that as hard as I can. I'm applying pressure there because I think that's the key to it all. I, I believe that's the key to it all. Yep. Of course, hard work, persistence, consistency, um, figuring out strategies. But you find those things in prayer. I, I think ultimately, once you get to praying, God will get to speaking and you'll be able to walk into anything that he has for you because he reveals his mysteries to the ones that are found in prayer. And so uh, I, I don't have another key. That's the most major key that you can get. Prayer is the key. And then faith, what they used to teach us, faith unlocks the door. Uh -huh. But prayer is the key. But then you believe God and faith will get you in the any door um, that God has for you. Yeah. I love the, the direction that this conversation has turned because we see the correlation between prayer and seeking the Lord that that correlates and that connection with the walking in purpose. Because if you want to really want to walk in purpose, and you want to answer God's call in your life. It's going to come from spending time at his feet. Spending time in his face, spending time in his presence, connecting with him, knowing him. And the only thing I would add to prayer is prayer's twin cousin, which is getting in the word. I mean, get yeah. into God's word <laughs> until it gets into you, because it's in God's word where God's character is revealed, where his will is revealed. So you can't go wrong with those two powerful twins of getting in the word and prayer. And I think and I agree with you. I feel like prayer is a lost art because nowadays 
You know, we want everything in five seconds or less. We got a five minute oil change or we go scroll <laughs> on TikTok, seven, seven second video, just go, go, go. But prayer, you can't rush that. You can't rush connecting with the Lord. It takes time just to tear it there to pray after you talk to him. Then you just sit there and let him talk to you. And so that is a very vital key. I'm glad that you brought that up and took time to emphasize that that prayer is a way that we have a stronger relationship with the Lord and and is in prayer in his presence that God will reveal his purpose and his call on our lives. And so, bro, pastor to pastor, man, I believe that church plays a vital role in the life of the believer. And in your own words, why does going to church matter especially in this day and age post pandemic we think we can get away with not going to church speak to that i still believe that the hope of the world is in the local church <laughs> I, I still believe it I, I believe that the hope of the world is still in the local church it's in church man that you find community and yes you can find it online but it's nothing like being in the assembly of other believers yeah it, it's nothing like being beside somebody and they got faith for some, and you got faith for some, and things start to happen when y'all just rub up against each other. Like you, you believe in God, and I'm believing God, and we're in the same place on one accord. And, and we see that model. <laughs> we see that model in X when they were in the upper room, Terry or waiting, not Terry, waiting on the Holy Spirit to come and uh, and descend upon them. They're on one accord in one place and then something happens. And I, I think it's so vital that we don't forsake, like the Bible tells us, forsake the assembling um, of, of each other. And even in the digital space, um, because I think, you know, we have to be honest, um, church is more digital now than physical, but the physical place still has a place. Um, in, in my heart, because I believe that when we come together, even though, I mean, even now we can see this now, even with the different conferences, conventions, everything coming together, coming back together now after the pandemic. And you see the difference that it's making, um, even in the world, man, I, I just, I, I just love being in the space with people. Yeah. And I was one that was like, so like gun, like, who I love, I love digital space. It's just so much easier. But once we started to come back together, I said, man, I miss this. You you miss the room. And we're not just trying to feel the room, but we want to feel the room. Yeah, yeah. You that. understand? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not about people in the seats, but it's about the atmosphere that's created when we all come together, when we all on one accord. When your faith links up with mine, when the worship team is singing that song, when the band is playing that note, when that um that uh, that ambience is in the room, the spirit is in there, and we all believe in God for one thing, and that's yeah. just to move by His power, move by His presence, and some begins to shake in the room, and lives begin to be changed. You see people crying, you see people kneeling, you see the you see the moment come alive, man, and God is so present in the room. Hey, man, you can't beat that, man. And, and so I, I believe that you need the space. Yeah. I, I believe that you need the space. Um, yes, church can be done outside the four walls. Yes, you can get what you you can get your word online from whoever you want to get it from. Yes, you can. I'm not saying that you can't because somebody's saying, oh, I get my word at home just like you get your word in the bill. No, it's different in the building. It is. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's different in the building, man. You you don't feel what I feel in the building. No, 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 no. You don't feel it. And so you need to be in the space. You need to be in the place so that you're not just helping to fill the room, but you can also feel the room. Man, Listen, as you know, pastor to pastor, I'm agree with you on this one. Going to church is vital. Now, there is a place for YouTube, a place for online church, a place for podcasts. But if you are physically able to get to the house of the Lord, and I say this right. in pastoral authority, you need to get there. Because get there. I've had the opportunity. I live in Houston. And some of my favorite uh, sporting events was when James Harden was here and he was scoring 60 and 50 points. There's a difference between watching him play um, from my couch on TV than when I'm at the Toyota Center and the crowd is there yeah. and we're collaborating from a point of view, like cheering him on. There's a difference there in the same way we're from online church to actually being in the room. And so church is key. Church is vital. It's a place where we can go there and love and be loved. It's a place that we can go and we can serve and be served. Um, it's a place where in some cases, like discover your purpose, discover your calling as you get opportunities to serve, whether it's on a mission trip or to share a word or to serve in a life group. God can just reveal that. Oh, that's your purpose. That's your calling. And so going to church is vital. Uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't need to go to church to be saved. OK, that's true. Jesus did a lot of his ministry outside of the church. But I will tell you this. In order to have a strong relationship with the Lord, we need other people. There's no such thing as a lone ranger when it comes to Christianity. So all that to say, if you are physically able to go to church, go to church. Yeah, no, for real. Um, you can't do. And this is something we push in our church. And I know a lot of churches push this same quote. You can't do life alone. Mm, say that. <laughs> you can't do life alone. man. You need somebody on this journey especially on this walk with Christ, on your walk with Christ, that you can link up with. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it throughout the Bible. I mean, we see partners linking up. You see, um, even in Genesis, from the first beginning, Jesus said, God says, it's not good for you to be alone. Yeah, You need somebody. <laughs> need that community. Come you on. need somebody on this journey with you walking through this. We see it in uh, Acts where Paul is in jail with his boy, Silas. And you see when the wonder twins link up, uh -huh. the jail begins to shake. <laughs> and at midnight, Paul and Silas, they link up and start praying together. And something begins to happen because there's there's power in partnership. Mm. And so don't 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 forsake the assembly, man. If you can get to church like Pastor Paul said, man, get there. Get there. Pastor Shed, man. There's power in partnership. Just want to reemphasize that. Once you say about doing life together, kind of remind me of those one another scriptures. I read a few of them. Um, love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. And these are the one another scriptures that we live out in a community with other people. And yep. you already given yeah. us some scripture, but what other scripture would you give us that it speaks to the importance of going to church? In Philippians 4 and 13, Paul says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. So I can do all things through Christ 
But when I have community that shares in my distress with me, I can get more accomplished. He says, I can do all things through Christ that who's because Christ strengthens me. But I'm gaining strength also from you all in this church in Philippi because you have shared in my distress. You have been around me when I was going through. You have stuck with me in community when I was down, despondent, depleted. When I was depressed, when I was thrown in jail, you stuck with me. Yeah. And that's where the church comes in because you have community around you that's able to push you through tough times. Yes, I can get it done through Christ, but Christ has put people in my life on purpose and intentional Say that to help me push through any obstacle, any trial, any struggle in life groups. I can get that push in community groups. I can get that push in Sunday morning worship. I can get that encouragement from the pastor that's preaching from that word that he's given me. We need community because they help us push through times that may be tough. And Paul teaches us that in Philippians. Yeah, I love that you emphasize community because when things are going right, when it's done the right way, the church is so vital. The church family is with you through the good times and the bad times. When I look back over my life, whether it was going to a funeral, my church family was there. When I got married, my church family was there. Through um, graduations or home warming, apartment warming, et cetera, my church family was there. And at the church I work at, we do like um, baby dedications and things like that. So the church is really with you from from birth until death and everything in between. And so it is vital that we go to church um, so we can connect with the Lord and so we can connect with others. And so we want to get really practical as it relates to all things church, because as we're having this conversation at the top of the year here in January, if you have yet to find a church, let that be on your New Year's resolution. Let that be at the top of your to do list. And so just take it one step further and get practical. How does a person just go about finding the church? What does that look like? Man, for me, if I was looking for a church, if I was looking for a church and I'm I'm just fresh in this thing. I'm trying to believe God for something new. I want to, I know I just gave my life to Christ. I'm looking for somewhere to call home, right? In me looking for a church, I'm looking for a place that's loving. I'm looking for a place that's inviting. I'm looking for a place that feels safe. Um, I'm looking for a place um, that's showing the love of God. I'm looking for a place that's energetic. Like, I don't want no dead church. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want no dead church. I'm looking for somewhere that's energetic. And I'm not just talking um, charismatic, energetic. I'm talking to just the, the the feel of the room is just, it just feels good. It just feels like home. Um, the word is good. Um, the worship is good. I'm also, if I got kids, I'm looking for somewhere that has a good kids ministry. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for a space that has some good for my children, um, that they will enjoy because a lot of times we find even in churches now, if the kids enjoy it, the parents will continue to come. All right. And so you, you want to go to a place where your children will enjoy it. Now, my son in particular doesn't care for going outside of church. He wants to be in the room. And so not all kids want to go to children's church, but um, I'm looking for a place for my child that where he wants to grow and do community and learn and grow with, with the other people. I'm looking for community. I'm looking for life groups. I'm looking for a space for me to grow as well. I'm looking for good discipleship. 
I'm looking for a pastor that loves the members. No, he may not be able to call me on the phone, but he has put people in place to take care of staff needs or congregational care, um, as we call it. And so maybe maybe he's not going to show up every time, but we got people in place. And so they got a good staff that's that's working with us, that's doing things for the congregation, that's watching out for us, that's caring about our needs. And um, that's where I want to belong. That's what that would be where I want to belong. I love the approach that you took to that, just so practical and so real. And the only thing I would add to that, I would encourage the listener, like, don't get too caught up in your preferences. Like, if you find a church where they preach the unadulterated truth and they proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, try it. Um, Of course, you want to go on the websites and things like that, but there's nothing like actually going to the church and trying it out for yourself. And don't get, you know, caught up in trying too many in church hopping. You need to find a place where you can... Um, plant settled. Yeah. Yeah, get settled or you can bloom <laughs> where you plant it and know this there's no such thing as a perfect church so don't go yeah. in with too high of expectations where you think the pastor should be doing this or the life group leader should be doing this there's no perfect church and as us as we pastors say if you find a perfect church don't join it because you're gonna mess it up <laughs> right up. and so there yeah, were just some really. few practical ways of finding a church as we believe that church is vital to the life of the believer all right, so Pastor, this is like a, a catch-all question and summarizing type of question. How can my dear listener, who I call Thriver, how can they go from surviving to thriving in their walk with the Lord? Um, what's crazy is in our discipleship model, all right, and this is you probably gonna think I'm crazy, but in our discipleship model, there's a piece in it because the, the discipleship model is all about going from surviving to, to thriving. Oh. And um, we talk about areas in our lives where we are just surviving and then areas in our lives where we are thriving. And so there may be a piece about emotions. It may be a piece about um, your character. It may be a piece about your finances. Are you surviving or you just thrive? Are you thriving or are you just surviving? Are you just at this um, complacent space where you're just surviving, doing the bare minimum, staying complacent, or are you actually trying to go further in those areas? And so as you're in your walk with the Lord, you never want to stay in a complacent kind of state. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, now you may get smart because you may be a theologian on here and you say, OK, and the Bible tells us to be content. Contentment is not complacency. Say that. <laughs> yeah, you've learned to be content. But contentment is not complacency. When you're complacent, you're not trying to do anything to go above where you are. Um, When you're content, you're showing gratitude for where you are, but you're still believing that there's more to it. And so I can be content without being complacent. And so I I, want to push anybody that's on here listening today that in your walk with the Lord, don't be complacent. Always find yourself growing. Always find yourself maturing. Always find yourself trying to get to that next level. Um, trying to get to where God has truly designed for you to be. If you just stay at level one all your Christian life, you may become frustrated. You may become frustrated with God, with yourself, um, with life, um, because you are stuck in level one. And that's because you're not seeking God anymore. Okay, you got saved, but now you're not seeking him no more. You're not praying anymore. You're not fasting anymore. You're not reading the word anymore. Okay, you done got to level two. Now you're stuck here. Now this church, um, I'm not growing here. 
No, you're not growing in you. <laughs> you're not growing in you. I got to find me a new place to go. Um, I don't I don't hit a ceiling here. No. Are you even trying to grow more? Are you doing the work? And so, um, yeah, I almost I almost went off right there. Yeah, because <laughs> because you, you see people, man, they say anything. Hey, and so I want to encourage you to always find yourself growing. Yeah. Always trying to find yourself some books to help you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastor um can only honestly do so much. Say he that. wants to try to help you develop. He's gonna give you what God has given him. But if you're not doing the help and the work, the self-work within yourself to grow, to develop, to become a better Christian, to become a better believer, and to ultimately walk in purpose and destiny, you're probably not going to get it anywhere. Because you're not doing the work yourself. I want to encourage you, if anything, if you want to go from surviving to thriving, this is my word to you. Do the work. Mm. Do the work. Say this, sir. When when you said that, I was reminded that, you know, we only have 168 hours in the week. 168. And when you go to church, depending on what church you go to, you're probably there for one hour, maybe two, maybe three, depending on where you go. But let's say it's three, three hours out of the 168. It's not enough. Yes, go to church. Yes, get the word. But as Pastor Shedrick just said, you got to do the work. You got to be seeking the Lord at home. You got to be in prayer. You got to be in God's word. You got to be fasting. But enough of me preaching. I want to give give it back over to you, Pastor. Like, here's how I want to get to this conclusion. You're a preacher. And I just want to give you two minutes to give us a word as the Lord sees fit. So talk to the people. If I could give a two minute word, if I could give a word to anybody listening on um, today on this podcast and needing to hear something today, this is where I am in life. And this is where I want to encourage you. There's a story in Luke chapter five where Jesus is coming upon the shore and he finds some fishermen washing their nets. He finds some fishermen washing their nets. He finds um, Simon, which is Peter. He finds them washing their nets because they've been fishing all day and haven't caught nothing. Jesus walks up on them and asks them, can he use their boat? <laughs> you have to give God something that he can use. Now, that's not my worry, but that's a point mm-hmm. because you got to be willing to give God whatever you have. And let him use it. Whatever your gift is, whatever he's put inside of you. I don't care if you do backflips. I tell people in our church, I don't care if your gift is to do flips and cartwheels. <laughs> use it to the glory of God. Come on. Whatever he's giving you, let him use it. And so they get in the boat. He asks Peter to push him out, push away from the shore. Jesus stands up in the boat and preaches a message. But then he looks at Peter now and tells them, hey. Throw your nets out again into the deep. Now, Peter's probably looking like, hey, Jesus, we fish. <laughs> this is what we do, dog. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> how are you going to tell us to do what we've been doing all day and it ain't worked all day? And you're going to tell us to do it again? Nah, I'm good. But Peter didn't say that. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll drop the nets again. But watch this. He tells him to launch out into the deep, which every word in the Bible means something. If he said launch out into the deep, that means where they were fishing at first, 
was too shallow. And I want to talk to somebody that may have been fishing in the shallow end. Come on, sir. Where you're just surviving and you're not thriving. We just talked about that. Where you're just surviving and not thriving. You're 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 too shallow in your walk with Christ. And God is calling you to a deeper call. I want to talk to somebody today that may just be swimming in the shallow end where God is telling you to get out of the kiddie pool and to lunch out into what he's purposed for your life. It's not going to be easy. It's going to sound crazy. Maybe the idea doesn't make sense right now, but throw it out there. Launch out into the deep. And since we're talking about church planning in the beginning, that's all it was. It was a church Lunch. We use that word all the way around. And God is making all this make sense right now because I didn't know how this would come together, but it's tying together right now. He's saying to you today that maybe you're fishing too shallow. Maybe your dreams are too small. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Like maybe what you're dreaming or what you're thinking of isn't what he's ultimately called you to do because it's too small. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you can ask, dream. It even says, imagine if you thought about it and God knows it's too small, he's already exceeded it. Some of us are thinking too small and it's your season to think bigger. Mm. Lunch out into the deep. And the Bible says that when he lunched out, he caught a number of fish. That exceeded his expectations so much so that the fish began to sink the boat they were in so much so that they had to call some of his he had to call some of his partners over to get some of the fish. So what I saw was two things that I see that God may do in your life in this season when you decide to launch out. He's going to increase your net worth and he's going to increase your net work. Let me let me let me run that back again. When you decide to launch out into all the things that God has called you to do, he will increase your net worth one, because this is what Peter and them did for a living. And so now that they have all these fish, even off of off of a bad day, now they have enough to feed their families. They have enough to sell. And so their net worth increases when he decides to launch out again. But then his network increases because he's able to give in partnership with his boys. He's able to give them some fish to feed their families. And so that's the power of partnership again, Uh because he's able to give to his people what God has now given to him. And his boys wouldn't have been able to get it. If they wasn't in the same space. And so you got to be in the same space with your partners. Don't be afraid to launch out. And even if you've tried it before, even if it didn't work the first time, don't be afraid to launch out again. And that's where I am in my life. That's where I am in my life. I'm not afraid to throw the net out again. You heard me mention a new church name. Because we're launching out again. We're doing it again. We're trying it again. Because not all the time does it work the first time. Yeah. Things happen. Um, situations occur. Life be lifing. 
<laughs> let, let me be honest with you. Yes, sir. Life be lifing. And so I'm encouraging anybody that's listening to me today that even though life has happened, maybe it didn't work the first time. Maybe you were fishing too shallow. Maybe you didn't have a big enough dream. Launch out again. Throw the net out and watch what God can do through your obedience to the call that he's given you. Let the church say amen. Because that was a word right there. Lunch again. Pastor, brother, thank you so much for being the guest on the podcast and just sharing from your heart, sharing from your life, and not just sharing, but ministering um, to myself and um, to my audience. And so I appreciate you, brother. Man, I appreciate the opportunity to serve, man. Um, I just want to encourage anybody out here, man. My last words love God, love people, and make a difference, man. Amen and amen. Well, Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to check the show notes as I'm going to leave a link so you can connect with Pastor Shedrick. And if you haven't already, take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. We would love to hear from you. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be.